Live from the basement, this is Cellar Dweller Sports. And we're back with another edition of Cellar Dweller Sports featuring K-Dog and G-Mac. Welcome back to the Cellar. We're here with the New York Jetropolitans and the New York Giants. This week's rundown, we have NCAA three-game picks, NFL three-game picks, Jets and Giants preview and rewind, and K-Dog's Fantasy Minute at the end. So we'll start out with our NCAA three-game picks from last week as we were covering championship weekend. And first, we'll start out with the SE, the SEC championship game, which was Florida versus Alabama. And Alabama won 52-46 to against Florida. It was a shootout from the start, back and forth game, back and forth game. Alabama took control in the second quarter, led by Mac Jones, who had 418 yards, five touchdowns, one INT. Kyle Trask for Florida had 408 yards, three touchdowns, zero INTs. Najee Harris had 178 yards on two touchdowns as well. And the story was Devontae Smith, the wide receiver, for Alabama with 184 yards and two touchdowns. So the spread was minus 16 for Alabama to win the championship. They only won by six. And I picked Alabama to win but not cover. Win by a touchdown but not cover to Florida. Moving me to 1-0 on the week. Well, that turned out to be a good pick, K-Dog. Uh, and I think you also said it was going to be a shootout. Uh, I didn't expect this game uh, to be close. I picked the Tide to win 41-17. I got this game wrong. Alabama hung on to beat Florida 52-46, as you said. Uh, Both the QBs in this game were sensational. You talked about both of them, Mac Jones, Kyle Trask, both thrown for over 400 yards, a combined eight touchdowns and only one INT. And, you know, either one of these guys, should win or will win the Heisman Trophy. You talked about Najee Harris, who shouldn't be overlooked because he had a, over 170 yards rushing and two TDs. And uh, Smith also had a huge day, benefactor of Mac Jones or vice versa, I'm not sure, 184 yards receiving and, and two TDs. So this, um, I got this game wrong. This I was surprised that the that Florida was able to put up big points against the Bama D. I didn't expect that at all. I thought the Bama defense would uh, shut down and can, well, not necessarily shut down, but contain the Florida offense. Mm-hmm. And uh, they were unable to do so. And that may be more of, uh, you know, Florida's ability to score points and how good the Florida offense is rather than a, a condena- condemnation of the, uh, Bama defense, but um, the both teams really looked powerful on offense. Neither team could really stop the other. If the game kept going a little bit longer, who knows? Florida may have won, but they didn't win. They covered the spread, so I lost. 
Bama goes on to win another SEC championship, punches their ticket to the playoff. Florida gets a Cotton Bowl berth against the Sooners, which should be a pretty good game, Florida versus Sooners. I think that would be a very entertaining game. Uh, but nevertheless, we got to deter. We'll, we'll see if uh, somebody can unseat Bama as SEC championship next year. Uh, but that's for later discussion, and uh, I'm 0-1 for the week. Yep, so we'll move on to the next championship game, which was the Big 12 title game. Number 10, Oklahoma, taking on number 6, Iowa State. And these teams came in at 8-2 and two apiece. Uh, no, 7-2 and two apiece, I should say. Uh, Oklahoma came out with the victory 27 to 21 uh usually big 12 games are high scoring affairs but this one is wasn't as much more of a defensive game sort of for the big 12 standards uh spencer rattler had 272 yards a touchdown zero ints on the other side iowa state's brock purdy had 322 yards one touchdown, three INTs. Not a good game from the Iowa State quarterback. Ramondre Stevenson for Oklahoma had 97 yards on 18 carries. And Brees Hall carried the load for Iowa State, 79 yards and two touchdowns. It The Iowa State running game was the only thing that really kept them in this one as Purdy had an off game based off of his uh, pretty good games last past weeks. But uh, the spread was minus five and a half for Oklahoma. And I picked Oklahoma to win by a touchdown. And they did. They won by six. But yeah, so they covered the spread, moving me to 2-0 and on the week. The Sooners didn't cover. What was the spread? Minus five and a half. They won by six. Okay. So they did cover the spread. All right. So I predicted Oklahoma to win the game, uh, but I predicted that Iowa State Cyclones would cover the spread. I predicted a 37-34 game. So it wasn't as high scoring as I anticipated. You know, I thought this game would be close and entertaining, and it was. I thought OU's passing attack would put the Sooners over the top, and it did. You know, OU had a comfortable lead going into the half, 24-7. They kind of coasted the rest of the way with the Cyclones outscoring the Sooners 14-3 in the second half. The game came down to the QBs, and Rattler was better than Purdy. You talked about it already. Purdy had three INTs. While Rattler threw for over 270 and one touchdown and zero turnover. So that really was the difference in the game. OU wins another Big 12 chip. I think this is their sixth in a row, if I recall correctly. Mm-hmm. You know, so, you know, who will unseat the Sooners? You know, after six consecutive championships, it's time for somebody to unseat the Sooners. Who will it be and will it happen next year? In the meantime, the Big 12 champion, OU, has a date with Florida in the Cotton Bowl, which we talked about just briefly. Mm-hmm. And uh, that, that should be a very entertaining game. It's one of the few non-college playoff games that I'll be interested in. Most of them I won't be interested in because I think the college football playoff has really watered down the bowl games mm-hmm. and the excitement of the bowl games. Plus, a lot of bowl games are canceled with teams opting out due to COVID. So it's a 
much smaller group of bowl games during this bowl season uh, that you'll you'll be able to watch. But only a handful, you know, will have any you know interest in them. And I think the Cotton Bowl will be one of those. Uh, so I got this game wrong. I fall 0-2 for the week. Yep. So uh, our last game was the ACC championship title game. And it was number three, Clemson, taking on number two, Notre Dame. A rematch of their double overtime game where Notre Dame came out victorious. But they did not have Trevor Lawrence on the Clemson side. And I think that's the story of this game. Clemson wins 34-10 to against Notre Dame. It was not close from the start. Clemson had Notre Dame's number all night. And... Uh, they just the Fighting Irish could not get it started whatsoever. Trevor Lawrence had 322 yards, two touchdowns, and an INT, while Ian Book only had 219 yards, zero touchdowns, zero INTs. Travis Etienne for the Clemson Tigers had 124 yards on a touch and a touchdown. Kyron Williams had a lackluster game, 50 yards on 15 carries. That's only good for three and a half. 3.3 yards per, per carry. Amari Rogers, the wide receiver for Clemson, had 121 yards and a touchdown. That was the story of the game. They Clemson just played better than that, better than Notre Dame. Defense was better, offense was better. The spread was minus 10.5 to Clemson, and they covered that spread handily, winning by 24 which moved me to 3-0 and on the week. Wow, you were 3-0 and on the week? Yep. Are you sure about that? Yep. Really? Yep. Wow, you picked all the... Uh, you, so what, what did you end up with for the season? That, well, where, where are you with the season? The uh, season's not over. What's season, season, I'm 19-4 and four on the season. 19-4 and four on the season, holy mackerel. You, you should have went to Las Vegas. Yeah. <laughs> Except for if you, you were doing that in Vegas, you'd probably lose. But anyhow, um, you know, because I needed a big week going into championship weekend. I was 8-12. and 12, So I needed a big week. Needed to get all the playoff games right to get to 500 in college football predictions. But that's not going to happen because there's only three uh, playoff games to uh, preview and predict, forecast. Because uh, we're not going to be uh, predicting and re- previewing, you know, the the uh, pool and weed eater bowl, because that's just not going. We're not going to be doing that. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, I got this game right. I got this game right. I I didn't think this game would be close. That's what I said when I was previewing it. I picked Clemson to get revenge, thirty-seven twenty-one. However, this game turned out to be even less competitive than I thought. Clemson winning 34-10, K-Dog, as you uh, stated. Clemson meant business from the outset. They just set the tone early. They're, they just they wanted to set things straight from the first game, you know, where uh, Trevor Lawrence was out and mm-hmm. Skalski, Skalski, their linebacker, was out, right? Yep. So, you know, they got out early, 24-3 at the half. With, with Notre Dame scoring their lone touchdown during garbage time in the fourth quarter. You know, and the big difference in the game was the Clemson D and also the Clemson running game. Mm-hmm. You know, the first the first game, Notre Dame basically scored every time they had the football, whether it was through the ground or, or in the air. 
It didn't matter. They, they were scoring, and Clemson had no answer for them. But this time around, uh, you know, the Clemson D with the return of their linebacker, Skalski, was huge. They had six sacks on Ian Book. And, you know, I was surprised that the Notre Dame offensive line, which dominated in the first game, wasn't as dominant uh, in this game because both ND lines in that first game were better than Clemson's lines, Mm -hmm. you know. And, again, the D, as you stated, held Ian Book to zero TDs. 50 yards rushing for Kyron Williams. So, you know, it was a stout defensive effort by Clemson. And also the Clemson running game was much improved, as you talked about. ETN was a non-factor in game one, but was a much bigger factor in game two, rushing for over 120 yards and one TD. You know, the question is, is, uh, you know, how good is ETN or is he a byproduct of Trevor Lawrence knowing, you know, teams knowing that, Clemson's going to put the ball up and pass a lot, and then you know they have to prepare for that and, and slant their defense to prevent that. Versus you know ETN is a really good running back, and you know he struggled at times this year and struggled without Trevor Lawrence. So you can make up your own uh, decision on you know how good he is as he moves to enter the uh, NFL draft and whether he'll be a high draft or not. So. Uh, you know, Trevor Lawrence made himself known. He didn't play in the first game, so he wanted to make him, his presence known. Threw for over 300, as you said. Two touchdowns through the air, one on the ground. And the offense racked up, up over 500 yards and showed ND, who is the superior team. You know, uh, Clemson goes on to win the ACC chip, which, you know, I think we both expected. Uh, I, I picked mm-hmm. I picked Clemson to beat Miami in the ACC chip, so I got that half right, mm-hmm. the other half wrong. And, um, you know, ND and Clemson punched their ticket to the playoff. A lot of debate whether Notre Dame should be in the, the playoff or not. I think uh, both teams should be in the playoff. If Ohio State is in the playoff, then I think both of these mm-hmm. teams should be in the playoff. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, you're right. Uh, yeah, I don't think Ohio State should be in, but we're going to talk about that next in our two-game picks this week since it's only two playoff games. And we'll start out with the the Sugar Bowl game, which is number three, Ohio State, taking on number two, Clemson. Uh, we've talked about Clemson already with ETN and Trevor Lawrence on the offensive side and on their defensive side is pretty stout as well ohio state has justin fields at quarterback uh he's projected to be a first round pick but it for me it's against the big teams northwestern and indiana he's thrown for two touchdowns at five ints that touchdown to interception ratio is not good whatsoever but we'll see what happens in this game uh for the defense, uh, Ohio State's defense is really good as well. But I see Clemson. Clemson it has been the team from the start. Them and Alabama have always been the team from the top two teams. No doubt. In my eyes from the start. So the Cle- Clemson line is minus 7.5 towards Clemson for this Sugar Bowl game. And I'm going to go with Clemson minus 7.5. I think Clemson blows out Ohio State and they win by... 14 to 21 points. Yeah, no, K-Dog, I'm I'm aligned with you. 
you know, and, and first I'm, I'm prefacing my comments that I don't think Ohio State should even be in the playoffs. You know, first of all, they only played six games, all Big Ten games, you know, and, and I get it that, uh, you know, they don't have control over the fact that the Big Ten decided to, first of all, not play and then later in the game decide to play and didn't leave themselves enough schedule time to make up games and so forth. But, you know, that's uh, Ohio State's problem anyway because they are in the Big Ten and they all had a, um, you know, an understanding of how this would play. Then they made special consideration for Ohio State, you know, to play in the Big Ten championship. Mm -hmm. They only played five games. Originally you needed six games to get in. And um, I, I, I agree Ohio State is the best team in the Big Ten, but a rule's a rule. And, uh, you know, they, they shouldn't have played in it because of the rule. If you weren't going to have the rule, don't make it. Because, mm -hmm. you know, what if uh, the shoe was on the other foot and uh, Ohio State should have been in it playing enough games and another team uh, that didn't play enough games got in over them? I'm sure they wouldn't be happy with that. But anyway... I also think A&M would be a better team to have in this tournament. But uh, Jimbo Fisher and his team's lone loss kept them out after playing a full schedule in the SEC and, and not a, uh, you know, a shortened season in, in a Big uh, Ten conference. You know, to me, you might as well have the Pac-12 champ Oregon in the playoff as well instead of Notre Dame if you're going to put Ohio State in the playoff mm -hmm. because you know if you look at ohio state's strength of schedule it's poor they beat nebraska they beat penn state rutgers michigan state they played a close game against indiana and they only beat northwestern 22 to 10. you know i don't want to disparage northwestern but this team doesn't have a powerful offense northwestern doesn't have a powerful offense their defense is pretty good but doesn't rank with the best in the country, you know, and I'm not an advocate of Justin Fields against good competition. He hasn't been good. I'm, I'm, and in general, I'm not an advocate of Ohio state QBs, especially in the pros. Right. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the jets at number two, uh, shouldn't be picking Justin Fields. That's for darn sure. But, you know, and Fields was bad. He was just plain bad against Northwestern. He only threw for 114 yards, no TDs, and two INTs against Northwestern. You know, and, and it, again, don't want to disparage Northwestern. Good year, but not a, you know, a top-ranked team. And, you know, they had a big game from Trey Sermon, ran over 300 yards against Northwestern. But Ohio State, if they're going to be a one-dimensional team against Clemson, they will not be competitive. Ohio State offense ranks in the top 10 in college football driven by the run game, but they've played nobody. The Big Ten isn't competitive and not nearly as good as the ACC and other conferences. Who is good in the Big Ten? No no one. Nobody. Nobody's good in the Big Ten. And you know what? I don't even think Ohio State's that good. So Ohio State's passing game is weak. Meanwhile, Clemson who has played some good competition this year, even a couple of games without Trevor Lawrence, has been solid. Clemson has a top-10 offense driven by the passing game, although they proved they can run the ball against Notre Dame with ETN. I think Clemson has a better offense and certainly a better quarterback, and there's even a bigger disparity between the defense. Ohio State's 
defense is not good. They rank in the top 35 in some defensive categories, but they rank 100 in college football in pass D. 100. Mm -hmm. Trevor Lawrence and Clemson and the Clemson wide receivers, they're licking their chops, waiting to go against that D. Clemson has the number one ranked pass offense in college football. Number one, going against the 100 rank 100 pass defense. Okay? Mm -hmm. Ohio State does rank eighth in the run D, but that's because everyone passes the ball against them. You know, they're not bothering running the ball when they can get all this yardage and score through the air. Meanwhile, Clemson ranks ninth in run D. So if Ohio State thinks they're going to run the ball on Clemson, they need to think again. Clemson also ranks 17th against the pass. What Clemson's going to do is they're going to stack the box and they're going to force Justin Fields to beat them through the air. And that will not happen because Fields hasn't played good against any quality team this year. K-Dog, this game is not even a contest. I'm, I, I'm predicting this game's over by the half with Clemson beating Ohio State 42-17, to sending them back to Columbus where they belong. Mm-hmm. Yep, so uh, we have that game the same, uh, and I'm pretty sure we're going to have this next game the same as well. It is the Rose Bowl game, and it's not going to be played in Pasadena this year. It's going to be played at Jerry World, uh, AT&T Stadium in Dallas, Texas. So uh, it's number four Notre Dame taking on number one Alabama. We already talked about Notre Dame with uh, Ian Book and Kyron Williams. Their defense is all right, but uh, they got exposed by Clemson. And I just think Alabama's offense, Alabama's offense contends with Clemson's offense for sure. They have Heisman finalist uh, Mac Jones. They have Heisman finalist. Uh, Devontae Smith and Heisman finalist Najee Harris. They're three out of the, three out of the five Heisman candidates are from Alabama. Their defense is also amazing. Uh, they they've given up not a lot of points all year, but they they have they've the only team they've played number five a Texas A and M and blew them out fifty two to twenty four. Mm -hmm. uh, so if you're gonna if you're going to show Notre Dame is probably, I think Notre Dame might be worse than A&M. Kelly Mund is really good. Their defense is amazing. Texas A&M's defense is amazing. And Alabama still blew them out 52-24. to So uh, the line for this is Alabama minus 19. Uh, and I think they're going to cover the spread as well. I think they'll win by 28 points probably. Okay, dog, I think you're... Uh assessment is, is right on very targeted you've done your homework you know these teams haven't played since uh 2013 bowl game and the tide just shellacked the irish in that ball game I, I expect the same thing to happen in this game nd was completely dominated by clemson on both sides of the ball in the acc championship game um, you know, which which I expected and, and, you know, called on the show. And I think the Tide have a stronger D than Clemson and probably a better offense than Clemson, too. Mm -hmm. And that, that's saying a lot because Clemson's offense is extremely powerful. 
best quarterback in the country with Trevor Lawrence, uh, without a doubt. And Travis Etienne, one of the top-ranked running backs in the league. But, you know, Alabama also has a top-five offense with uh, Mac Jones, Najee Harris, and wide receiver Smith, all Heisman candidates. Meanwhile, the Notre Dame offense is 21st in points in the FBS. Ian Book has been really good, and so has Kyron Williams, but both were bottled up against the Clemson D. I expect that to happen again against the Alabama D. Although Florida torched Alabama with a lot of points, passing yards through the air, I don't see that Notre Dame has as nearly as powerful as a passing attack with Ian Book versus Kyle Trask. So I expect um, the Clemson D to, to uh, contain the Notre Dame offense. And, uh, you know, Notre Dame is a top 20 D, which is susceptible to the pass, which could be a problem with Mac Jones to Smith. You'll probably hear that a lot in this game, perhaps all day. But um, actually, Notre Dame's D is ranked better than Bama's. Uh, with Bama being susceptible against the pass, too. Bama's strength is run D, which will match Notre Dame's running strength. Based on this, K-Dog, I have to go with the SEC champions to beat the Irish, who are the second-best team in the ACC. Mac Jones shows why he's a Heisman candidate. Bama, 41. Notre Dame, 21. So, you know, all the uh, naysayers will jump on Notre Dame saying they shouldn't be in it. But based on their schedule, they should be in it. You know, and typically I'm critical of Notre Dame uh, because they, they usually play an independent schedule. Mm-hmm. And it's really that, not that strong of a schedule. And they always get shellacked in the, in the uh, ball games and the playoffs. But, you know, they played a, a pretty good schedule. The ACC is a pretty good schedule. There's, you know... There's some quality teams in there between Carolina and Miami, and you you know that they play solid, play solid, and I think they're a lot. Obviously, the ACC is a lot stronger than the Big Ten, and um, Notre Dame deserves to be in it. However, I think they get beat pretty handily by the Crimson Tide, who are are looking to get back into the chip. Yep. So uh, that's it for our. NCAA three-game picks for this week. After the semifinal games, we'll pick the championship game next next episode. But now we'll move on to our NFL three-game picks from last week. And we'll start out with the 1 p.m. game, which was an AFC East matchup. The New England Patriots took on the Miami Dolphins in Miami. And the spread for this game was minus one New England, which was uh, interesting. That was an odd spread. Yeah, very interesting. But uh, the Miami Dolphins proved why they're a playoff contender right now. They beat the Do- they beat the Patriots uh, pretty handily, twenty-two to twelve. The score to- it's not handily by the score, but throughout the entire game, the Dolphins controlled this this. Uh, football game, in, including the second half. Uh, they just got it going in the second half, scoring all 22 points in the second half. 
It, it was a low-scoring game, but uh, Cam Newton had 209 yards, zero touchdowns, zero INTs for the Patriots. Tua had 145 yards and one INT for the Dolphins. Not a pretty, not a good game for Tua, but the, no. the story was uh, the running back game for Miami. Uh, Salvin Ahmed had... 122 yards on 23 carries and a touchdown. Uh, he provided the spark for the Dolphins. The Dolphins' defense was also very outstanding. Uh, so the Dolphins win 22-12, to and it moved me to 1-0 and on the week. Okay, dog. what was your season record going into? 21-21. Uh, and 21. You were 21-21, and 21, huh? Yep. So I came into... Uh, the week at 22 and 20, two games over 500 and uh, ahead of you. So, you know, you're beating me pretty good in college, but right now I got the lead in pro. So let's see how I did this week, K-Dog. So I picked the Dolphins to beat the Pats as well. My prediction was 20 to 13. They won 22 to 12. So I had the game pretty, pretty much read correctly. Almost had the score exactly. I had indicated that unless Cam Newton played well, mm-hmm. the Patriots weren't going to win. And, you know, Cam Newton was pedestrian again at best with, you know, zero passing TDs. And then, you know, Tua, uh, who, you're, who you're putting into the Hall of Fame already, uh, was a good game manager, nothing spectacular, but he didn't cost him the game either. You know, and you talked about... Miami's running back at an emerging game, very good performance for uh, him, and uh, you know the fil- the Finns D did what you know I expected them to do. I expected them to contain the New England offense. Um, you know I didn't know what whether Cam Newton would have an impact or not, and their defense made sure he didn't have an impact. And as a result, you know they they put up enough points. Uh, to win the game because their defense uh, did what they typically do, and that's keep them in the games. Mm-hmm. And that's how Miami wins. Miami, they're not going to win a shootout. Uh, if if another team scores 24, 28 points, they're not going to win because their offense just will not put up that many points with uh, Tua at the helm. It's more of ball control, good defense, no turnovers, and they win. And that's what they did against the uh, the Patriots. So I got the game correct, one and zero. So one and zero on the week for the both of us. As we'll move on to our next game of the, uh, which was the four twenty five game, probably game of the week last week. It game was, week. it was the uh, Kansas City Chiefs versus the New Orleans Saints. This is a Super Bowl preview, possibly. Possibly. Uh. It was a really good game. Came down to the final, the final quarter, uh, very close throughout. But the Chiefs hang on to this game, thirty-two to twenty-nine, moving them to thirteen and one on the season, pushing the Saints back to eleven and three on the season. Uh, Patrick Mahomes had a fantastic game, two hundred fifty-four yards. Three touchdowns, zero INTs. Drew Brees in his return game also had a really good game. 234 yards, three touchdowns, one INT. That INT should have been completed 
but tipped off the hands of the wide receiver into the hands of the Kansas City defense. So not really his fault. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire had 79 yards on 14 carries, unfortunately got injured and is most likely done for the regular season. Hopefully he can come back for the playoffs. That'll hurt them. Yeah. Uh, Alvin Kamara had a, a lackluster game. 54 yards on 11 carries. Probably his worst game of the season. Uh, for receiving-wise, Travis Kelsey had 68 yards and a touchdown. Tyreek Hill had 53 yards and Sammy Watkins had 60 and the leading wide receiver for the Saints was Jordan, Lil Jordan Humphrey with 29 yards and a touchdown, also led by Emmanuel Sanders with 76 yards. Uh, the spread for this was minus three. I picked the Saints at plus three, which means it's a push, moving to, moving me to 1-0-1 oh, on the week. Yeah, so there's no ties. It's just you're one to know on the week, right? Yeah. All right. No outcome. So, you know, uh, I picked the Saints to win this game outright, 28-24. And, uh, you know, you highlighted the game very well, uh, K-Dog. Uh, good game, very entertaining game of the week. Casey wins by three. It's a push. I'm still one to know. You know, some of the key takeaways, Breeze was good in his return, so that's very positive for, mm-hmm. for the Saints, you know, who are, who are looking to make a playoff run, and they will need Drew Breeze at 100% at the top of his game in order to make that playoff run and hopefully, you know, get back to the Super Bowl and potentially play KC in that Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. So I thought it was very positive. I thought Kamara needs to be better. If the uh, Saints want to win, he's got to be better than he was in this game against the Chiefs, K-Dog. Yep. Right? Uh, Because if he's a threat, then Breeze is even better. The defense, you know, wasn't great. But uh, Casey can put up a lot of points with their powerful offense. You know, the question is, do you worry about Kansas City? I mean, and and it sounds weird to say, do you worry about Kansas City, who only has one loss? Mm -hmm. You know, they just keep on winning, but... You know, they're not winning convincingly. Yeah. You know, they're they're playing a lot of close games, even against teams that you wouldn't think they'd play close games against. Uh, so they keep on winning. I, I think uh, they'll be there in the end. The fact that they squeak by, to me, uh, isn't concerning. It kind of reminds me of the New England Patriots. A lot of times, you know, during the season, they'd squeak by, squeak by. Um, you know, and then they'd, you know, just roll through the playoffs. But um, I think Belichick's a better coach than Andy Reid, personally. But um, that's up for debate as well. But nevertheless, uh, got the push. Still one and zero after two games. Yep, and uh, we'll move on to the Sunday night football game, which was the Cleveland Browns against the New York Giants. Uh, the Cleveland Browns came into. MetLife Stadium to take on the Giants. Uh, it was uh, not a close game at all. The Browns won twenty to six. The score score sort of close, but uh, it wasn't close from at all whatsoever. Baker Mayfield had a great game: two hundred ninety-seven yards, two touchdowns, zero ints. Colt McCoy was a good game manager for the 
Giants, uh, 221 yards, zero touchdowns, zero INTs. They unfortunately couldn't get it done for the uh, passing-wise. Nick Chubb had 50 yards and a touchdown, but the story was Jarvis Landry, 61 yards and a touchdown. Rashard Higgins, 76 yards, and Donovan Peoples-Jones with 55 yards. On the Giants' side, Darius Slay was the leading wide receiver, 74 yards on four receptions. The line was minus six and a half towards Cleveland. Uh, previous episode, I stated uh, I think that the Browns would win by 14, and they did. So they covered the spread, moving me to two and zero on the week. Yes, you know this game went as I expected it to go. I had picked the Browns to win 24-10. You know, and the. They they won by 14 points, and you called 14 points. My prediction was 14 as well. So we were aligned mm-hmm. with that, surprisingly. And, um, you know, the story for the Giants and the story for the Giants all season has been their offense and their inability to score points. When they win games, they win games because their defense – holds teams to, you know, under 20 points, you know, much, much like Miami, uh, who has, whose offense is better certainly than the Giants, but they're very similar teams, um, where the defense really has to be good and the offense cannot turn the ball over. And Colt McCoy did a good job. I mean, he didn't turn the ball over. didn't light the scoreboard up. He didn't turn the ball over. They have no running game without Saquon Barkley. Got you know during their win streak, they got some some uh, good good performances from their running backs, but it's been too inconsistent. With Daniel Jones hurt, uh, you know, Colt McCoy has had to play, but he hasn't been awful, right? He won that game against Seattle. He hasn't been awful. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. You know, even if Daniel Jones was playing at 100%, he'd make a difference, uh, would have made a difference in this game. You know, Baker Mayfield was good, did a good job. You know, I'm very critical of Baker, but uh, he did a good job against the Giants. And, um, you know, so I got this game right 2-0 and this week, K-Dog. Back-to-back undefeated weeks. And after this week, I am 24-20. and Moving to four games over 500. And the good news, K-Dog, it's a new week. And I'm undefeated this week. So, K-Dog, what do we have this week? All right. So, this week we'll start out with the 1 p.m. game. It is the... Indianapolis Colts taking on the Steelers in Pittsburgh. Um, it's a battle for for the Colts. They have to win to try and clinch the AFC South. The Steelers with a win clinch the AFC North. Even though the Steelers are on a three-game skid, they win here. They clinch the North and a spot in the playoffs. The Colts are the Colts hopefully can try and make the South a series uh, with the Titans. But uh, it's a battle of the veterans, Phillip Rivers versus Ben Roethlisberger. Good matchup. Yeah, this is going to be a good uh, throwing game, passing game, left and right. So we'll see what happens there. 
James Conner comes back for the Steelers in this one. That's key. That's a huge comeback for them as well. Jonathan Taylor for the Colts is a bright young star from Wisconsin. He's emerging. Yeah, he got snubbed from a Heisman uh, talk last last year when he was yes he did uh, in college, but didn't get a spot. Uh, this the the wide receivers are stacked in this game. Zach Pascal, T. Y. Hilton, uh, Jack Doyle at tight end for the Colts. For the Steelers, it's. Juju Smith-Schuster, Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, Eric Ebron. They these guys have stacked uh, wide receiving cores. Who's, slash, who's wide receiving cores better, Colts or Steelers? Oh, Steelers. Steelers has I think to be. So, huh? They ha- they we have drop a lot of passes. The Steelers. Well, only Deontay Johnson does. Yeah, but well. uh, Juju Smith-Schuster is a young star. Chase Claypool, the rookie from Notre Dame, is has shown that he is a going to be a up-and-coming star in the future so i'm not high on juju smith schuster he should be better than what he has been you know he had he did well last year he's kind of been you know inconsistent and pedestrian this year in my opinion yeah uh, we'll, we'll see but uh i think the colts defense is better than the Better than the Steelers' defense, uh, led do, by huh? led by Darius Leonard, yes, and DeForest Buckner. Wow. I know that the Steelers have uh, Minka and TJ, but the Colts' defense has been playing well this year. Yes, it has. Up, up until the past few weeks, the Steelers' defense has also been playing really well. But those three losses in a row scare me. The line is minus one Indy, Indianapolis Colts. And I'm going to take minus one for the Colts against the Steelers. Steelers are going down on a downhill spiral right now. And I think they continue. The Colts win by a touchdown. Wow, that's a bold pick. Very bold pick. You know, K-Dog, both, both teams need this win, right? And, uh, you know, I this is a tough pick for me because I picked both these teams to win their division. Mm-hmm. And both teams need the win they need the win right and there you talked about their offenses very similar offenses i think the colts offense is better i think their running game separates them uh from the steelers because the steelers running game has been non-existent um this year i'm, I'm not a high on james connor um but i think he's returning this week uh, he's the best running back that they have, but that's not saying much. Uh, the Steelers, you, as you stated, coming off a three-game losing streak with the Browns, now breathing down their necks. That's why they need this victory. The Colts are battling the Titans for the division and their own playoff lives. The Steelers' offense has been struggling and needs to get back on track. I mean, they they haven't put up any significant points during this losing streak, um, which, you know, is really why they've lost three in a row. And, you know, maybe the wide receivers need to stop doing TikTok dances and start catching the football (laughs) instead because the wide receivers have not been catching the football and they've been dropping a lot of passes at critical times, which has, you know, caused the Steelers to lose some of these games. You know, the D is solid and will keep them in the game. 
the Colts have a pretty balanced attack, K Dog, on offense. And you know, between Phil Rivers, who I like, who's made a big difference for the Colts this year, and you talked about the emerging rookie running back from Whiskey, uh, who can do it on the ground. So they have a pretty balanced attack, and their D is solid. You think their D is better than the Steelers? I think the Steelers' D is better than the Colts' D, but um, I'd like to have either of those D fences in my fantasy league if I had a fantasy team. Uh, I, I think this game, K-Dog, will be back and forth. I think it's going to be very entertaining where, and, and close. But, and it, it's hard, again, it's hard for me to pick because I need both teams to win, so my prediction of them being the division leaders comes correct. But I think the Steelers break their losing streak, K-Dog, and they beat the Colts in a close and what might be a playoff matchup, which would be awesome. 24-21 late, the Colts win. I mean, the Steelers win. Wow. All right. So uh, we already have one different as we'll move on to the 425 game. And it is the Rams versus the Seahawks, the battle for the NFC West. Uh, winner, the Seahawks, if they win, clinch the NFC West. The Rams, if they win, also clinch the NFC West, I believe. So this was the battle for the NFC West. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's going to be a good game, I believe. Who did you uh, predict to win the West when we started the 49ers. Have you picked the 49ers to win the West? Okay. Well, yeah. So that, yeah, okay. that, you're, you're out of that yeah. uh, discussion there, K Dog. Uh, this is going to be a good game. Both have uh, in the past few weeks, Seahawks defense has ramped it up. Uh, the Rams defense has been good all year long. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, the Seahawks high flying offense has been downed the past few weeks, but uh, we'll see what happens in this this game with Russell Wilson at the helm, uh, Chris Carson at running back for uh, wide receiver DK Metcalf, po- probably top five wide receiver in the league right now. Also Tyler Lockett for them. Uh, for the Rams, they have Jared Goff at QB. They have Daryl Henderson at running back since Cam Akers is out for the rest of the regular season. Uh, If they make the playoffs, he'll probably be back. Receiving, they have Cooper Cup at wide receiver, Robert Woods, uh, Josh Reynolds, Tyler Higby at uh, tight end. Good tight end. They have a great wide receiving core as well as their tight ends. Uh, So, Whose wide receiving core is better? The Rams or the Seahawks? Seahawks. Tyler Lockett's one of the most underrated wide receivers in the league. He might be top 10 as well. They might have two top 10 wide receivers on their team. So, And Disley's pretty good as a tight yeah, end. Disley and Hollister. Yeah, um, I'd agree with you that with that assessment. Yeah, they have better wide receiving core. Yeah, yeah so uh, for this game, it's Seattle minus one. But I think that the Rams are going to win this game. Rams plus one. I think the defense will be too good, uh, led by Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald for the Rams. And the Rams win by three points. Bold pick. Bold pick. 
So, you, you know, you talked about this. This is battle of division rivals and the battle for first place in the division. The Rams already beat Seattle once, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they win this game. They got the lock for first because they win, win the tiebreaker. Uh, and by the way, I picked the Rams to win this division. So, you know, obviously I have to pick the Rams to beat the Hawks. Um, you know, and the losing team may be in a tough spot to make the playoffs, right? Uh, the other positions them obviously very well for the playoffs and the division. You know, although the Rams lost to the Jets last week, and you know, if you lose to the if you lose to the Jets, you, you don't deserve to make the playoffs. Uh, but I think the Rams will rebound. I'm not I'm not buying into Seattle's newfound defense. Um, so you held the Jets to three points, big deal. You held the Giants to uh, mm-hmm. a few points, and you even lost that game. So it's not like you're playing anybody good when you're when your uh, defense is is doing well. And, and let's face it, you know the Rams have struggled on offense in many games. I mean they couldn't even score against the Jets' defense, which is just as poor as Seattle's defense, mm-hmm. right? So you know, I think the Rams. You know, obviously the Seahawks have better offense than the Rams. I believe the Rams have a much better defense than Seattle does. Seattle's ranked towards the bottom in defense, especially pass defense. If it wasn't for Russell Wilson, this team would not have a winning record. He carried them at the beginning of the season when they were putting up 40 points a game. Their offense has hit a rut recently. They're not putting up as many points as uh, they were at the beginning of the season. Not sure why. Maybe teams have schemed, caught up with their scheme. Not sure. But uh, I think the Rams' defense contains Russell Wilson and uh, the Seahawks' offense and receiving core. I think uh, the Rams win a defensive struggle. I don't think it's going to be high scoring. And I'm predicting the Rams win 17-16 to 16 over the Seahawks. And they take control of the division in first place in the division. And my prediction of the Rams winning that division comes true with the Seahawks left to fight for their live playoff lives and again in week 18 all right so we have the same on that game as we'll move on to the sunday night football game which is the tennessee titans first in the afc south versus the green bay packers uh i believe they already clinched the north so they're looking to keep the the one seed as of right now in the nfc this game is going to be great as well. Ryan Tannehill for the Titans has been outstanding uh, since last year. Aaron Rodgers, one of the best quarterbacks of all time yeah, no in doubt. this game. Gunslinger. Uh, Derrick Henry for the Titans is probably the best running back in the league right now. He just runs over people, is great, scores a lot of touchdowns. Uh, so on the other side for Green Bay's running backs, we'll see uh, 
Aaron Jones, Jamal Williams, and A.J. Dillon in the mix. So we'll see what happens there. They have a great running back core, so they switch off every few plays, see what who gets the most carries this week. I believe it will be Aaron Jones, but we'll see. Receiving-wise, the Titans have A.J. Brown, Janu Smith. They have a great wide receiving core as well, but the Green Bay Packers wide receiving core is led by probably one of the, probably top three wide receiver in the league, Devontae Adams. He's top three. Who's better than Devontae Adams? Hopkins and it might he might be top two then. Might not uh, top two. Yeah, not the guy from uh, New Orleans. Michael Thomas, he hasn't played all year. Uh, true. Can't include him. Okay. Uh, so, Devontae Adams, uh, Equinemius St. Brown, uh, Robert Tunyon at tight end, and uh, Lazard, Alan Lazard at wide receiver as well. Uh, they're not household names, but if you watch football, they're pretty good football players. Uh, Aaron Rodgers gets them the ball, and they run, score touchdowns. So this is uh, Green Bay minus three. Green Bay's defense for me isn't too good, but we'll see what happens against the Titans. Titans defense is really good, led by Kevin Byard and uh, Malcolm Butler, uh, the Super Bowl uh, uh, helper for the Patriots, and he got a big contract from the Titans. The line is minus three Green Bay. But I'm going with plus three for the Tennessee Titans. The Titans will win by a touchdown. Derrick Henry will run all over the Green Bay defense. I think he'll have about two touchdowns. So Titans win this one outright by a touchdown. Wow. Very bold pick. Picking against Green Bay at home at Lambeau Field. Very bold pick. So, you know, it, it's ironic, K-Dog, because you made a very good point about the Green Bay Packers. They don't have any how other than Aaron Rodgers, they don't have any household names on their team. They don't have household names on their wide in, in their receiving core. They don't have household names in their in their backfield for their running backs. They don't have household names on their defense. Mm-hmm. They don't have any household names. And, and it's it's ironic because, you know, in New York you'll hear, oh, Sam Darnold doesn't have a cast around him. What is, Aaron Rodgers doesn't have any superstars surrounding him. Well, Devontae. You know, okay, Devontae, yes. Aside from Devontae Adams. But who else do they have besides Devontae Adams that's a superstar? No one. And, the, and they don't have any superstar running backs. So it's just it's just ironic because Aaron Rodgers continues to win and win and win regardless of of uh, who's playing, mm-hmm. right? Regardless, granted he has one of the best receivers, but um, you know he's still winning when Devontae Adams isn't playing. Yeah, right. So it's just that's what a a Hall of Fame franchise quarterback does for you. Um, he figures out a way how to win the game with his coaches, even without all you know superstar players surrounding him in every position. But anyway, battle of division leaders, K Dog. Who did you pick? Who did you pick to win uh, the North Division? No, I picked the Packers. Okay, and who who did you pick to win uh, 
the South Division. Titans. Okay, so so you pick both of these teams. Wow, you're looking looking good right here. So uh, Packers are positioned well to win home field with a win in this game. The Titans need a victory to maintain first place, you know, because they're in a battle with uh, the, the Indianapolis Colts. And you and I are in a battle because you picked the Titans to win the division. I picked the Colts. Mm-hmm. You know, the Titans have been very inconsistent, and they can't win if they fall behind. That's one thing the Titans have kind of showed uh, consistently. If they fall behind, they can't win because, you know, then Derrick Henry not involved with the game plan, right? Mm-hmm. So they have to stay close, and they have to or get ahead so that they can run the ball with Henry because that's the strength of their offense. And then Tannehill, his pass, his play-action pass works very effectively. If they fall behind, Derek's out of the, the equation, and uh, then their passing game isn't nearly as strong. Uh, the Titans' D isn't very good, K-Dog. That's really their Achilles heel. They could easily get by with their offense, but their D is just not strong enough. And and Derrick Henry will need to have an excellent game and carry the load if they want to beat the Packers because I think t- Tennessee will have to play a ball control type of game, keep the football away from the Packers' offense because Aaron Rodgers looks really good. And the Packers look to be running on all cylinders, poised to make a run in the playoffs, right? They want to get home field advantage, even though there's no crowd. Mm-hmm. Still want to have home field advantage, right? Um, and uh, the Green Bay defense is surprisingly pretty good. You don't hear a lot of talk about their defense, but, you know, they're, they're, they're very, uh, very good defense. And I think they can keep Derrick Henry and Tannehill in check. I think the Titans will get their points. I just don't think the Titans are going to get enough points to beat Green Bay uh, on Sunday night. I'm looking for the Packers to beat the Titans by a TD. Green Bay 28, Tennessee Titans 21, K-Dog. All right, so we're different on two games for this week. I'm I'm doing the Lambeau Leap this week. Yeah, so we'll see what happens uh, this week's NFL three-game picks. As we'll move on to our next topic, which is the Jets and Giants preview and rewind. Oh, boy. And we'll start out with the Jets. <laughs> and the Jets won a football game. Oh, I can't believe it. They won 23-20, to upsetting the Rams. Uh, the Rams were 17.5-point favorites in this game. The Jets, uh, if, I believe I heard that this was the biggest upset in uh, the history of the NFL with minus 17.5. Really? Wow. So uh, the Jets won this football game. Uh, they couldn't win a football game. They did. So they lost Trevor Lawrence, first the first pick Terrible. in the draft. Uh, Terrible. Uh, yeah, so... This is the worst win in Jets history. It might be, yeah. So we'll see what hap- uh, We'll see what happens with the Jets now with the second pick. Sam Darnold had 207 yards and a touchdown. Not that good, but a game manager, I guess. I mean, that, that's, that, that's probably his best game of the year, and it wasn't that good. Yeah. Jared Goff, 209 yards, two touchdowns, 
and an INT for the Rams. Frank Gore had 59 yards and a touchdown. Cam Akers only had 63 yards against the Jets, which is, he had 170 the week before. Unbelievable. And 63 this week. Uh, I mean, if you're if you're the Rams, you're battling for the division. You're battling for a playoff spot. You're a 17-point home favorite. The New York Jets are 0-13, K-Dog. Mm-hmm. They have to fly across country to the West Coast, different time zone, and they beat you. Yeah, it's and, just... And they, and they beat you. You don't deserve to make the playoffs. If an 0-13 team comes into your field, onto your field, and beats you, you know, and, and the game was 23-20... But the the Jets were winning what twenty to three. Twenty to three at uh, midway through the third, I I believe. I mean, you know, uh, I don't know what to say other than if I'm the Rams, you know, I'm embarrassed uh, about that performance. And you know, this is a devastating win for the Jets. You talked about they're no longer have the first pick in the draft, which would have been Trevor Lawrence. You know, now the Jets will have another decade of misery because of a meaningless win in December. And, you know, I know the players are all excited. I get that. And they should be because, you know, they're practicing all year. And who wants to not win a game and Mm -hmm. be considered one of the worst teams in history? They'll still be considered one of the worst teams in in history. But I guess for them, they're not 0-16. And, you know, most of these players won't be here next, next week. But, you know, the Jets needed Trevor Lawrence. They needed a franchise quarterback. They haven't had a franchise quarterback. That's why they've been bad. Mm-hmm. You know, they've had some good quarterbacks over the year. They've had Richard Todd, who was a very good quarterback. Ken O'Brien was a very good quarterback. And, you know, and I'd take either of them over Sam Darnold, I'll tell you that right now. And if they had either one of those, they'd be a lot more competitive than they are than with Sam Darnold. But neither was a franchise quarterback, mm-hmm. right? And the team can't win without a franchise QB that Trevor is projected to be, and the Jets won't get him with the number two pick in the draft. And K-Dog, at this point, you know, if you're the Jets, you just got to stay with Darnold because the other QBs Mm -hmm. in the draft aren't worthy of being drafted number two. Justin Fields, you know, he's not going to be a good pro quarterback. You got to stay away from these Ohio State quarterbacks because they just have not proven to be good pro quarterbacks I, I can't think of one quality pro qb that came out of ohio state i can't think of one well yeah most of them are out of the league within two to three years or they turn into wide receivers so yeah and the byu qb for you know i'm not high on him he couldn't get it done versus coastal carolina Right, so it's a bad win for the Jets and their fans. I'm glad the Jet players are happy. I guess they should. They certainly should be. Um, but you know, if you're a Jets fan, I, I guess you're happy that they won a game. But you know, you, you're just we're just in for another decade of misery because you know the Jets are gonna either they're gonna either take Justin Fields who isn't gonna be any good. Or they're just going to be with Sam Darnold for at least another year, or you know maybe they there's going to be a, a free agent QB that's pretty good that's available, or uh, you know they get somebody good in the in the draft. But it just was a disaster. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, 
They they finally won a football game. Uh, with the first pick, they got to take probably Sewell now, the the guard from Oregon's bolster the lineup. Yeah. So it would uh, be. I would, I would see if you can trade it and get more picks. You know. Cause, yeah. Because they need a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, we'll see what happens with the second pick in the draft from the Jets. As we'll move on to this week's game, it is the Jets versus the Browns. Oh boy. And uh, I don't I don't know about this game. Uh, since the Jets got their first win now, I could see anything happening, to be honest. I can't see anything happening. Uh, but the Jets take on the Browns, Baker Mayfield, Jarvis Landry and company. Uh, Sam Darnold has his weapons. His amazing weapons of Crowder, uh, Herndon, and uh, Barrios and company. So we'll see what happens there for Mims. Right. Mims. Is Perriman playing or? Is uh, Burchard, yeah, I think Burchard is playing. Okay. So he's so. got his full complement. He should be able to throw for three hundred yards and three touchdowns. You yeah. know, you know, Aaron Rodgers would do that. Yeah. So. Uh, uh, the Jets for this one, I think it's going to be closer than people think. Uh, Do you think the Jets would make the playoffs if they had Aaron Rodgers instead of Sam Darnold? Probably, even, yeah. Even with, even with the receiving core they have, the running game they have, and the probably, defense. yeah, yeah, I do too. Yeah, they'd probably be ten and six with Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, no, they they definitely could make a playoff push okay. with Aaron Rodgers, but. Uh, it's going to be a closer game than people think because I think the Browns are are overrated, to be honest. I do too. Uh, so I think the Jets are going to lose, but only by seven points at most, maybe a touchdown at most. Yeah, no. K Dog, I expect the Browns to beat up the Jets. The Browns need to win this game to make the playoffs. They they need to win this game. You know, if they win this game and the Steelers lose. They're right there for the the division, right? They're right there. So they need to win this game. And, you know, they need to win this game just to make the playoffs, even if they don't win the division. And like I said before, if you can't beat the Jets, then you don't deserve to make the playoffs. And, you know, by the way, the Browns have more wins at Jet Life Stadium this year than the, the Jets, Jets do, do, right? Yeah. They're 1-0, and the Jets haven't won a game at, at Jet Life yet, so... Uh, I'm expecting the Jets to remain winless at Jet Life, and the Browns to go two and zero at Jet Life, beating the uh, the Jets. You know, I'm not a Browns supporter. I'm definitely not a Baker Mayfield supporter. I don't think Mayfield is a franchise QB. He's been playing well of late, so I got to give him credit. And you know, he should be able to put up big numbers against the Jets who are probably satisfied with their one win and, you know, um, we'll move on from that. Uh, I don't expect a lot out of the, the Jets this week because I, I just think the Browns need it desperately. I'm predicting the Browns win this game 27-10 and make the playoffs for the first time in a long time. Meanwhile, the Jets play out the string. They get the second pick in the draft, which they should trade for more picks. Stick with Sam for another year. And, you know, we'll, we'll be talking like this next year at the same time where the, the Jets will remain uncompetitive. 
they'll have a different coach. I'm assuming they'll have a different coach. They don't fire. I don't Adam. know after this one. If, if they don't fire Adam Gase, then I don't Guru know. Guru Gase might you know, be staying. Gosh, yeah, <laughs> it's fool's gold, right? But uh, that that's what I think about this week's game. Yeah, so uh, now we'll move on to the team that shares the stadium with the Jets, and it is the New York Giants. They're still in a fighting chance for the NFC East. Uh, we already talked about the Browns versus Giants game, so we'll move on to the preview of the next game. It is the Giants uh, taking on the Baltimore Ravens in Baltimore. Uh, Daniel Jones is back for this one, but I don't think it's going to matter at all. The Ravens are a way better team than the Giants. Uh, Lamar Jackson with J.K. Dobbins and Mark Ingram at the running back spots. Uh, Marquise Brown and Mark Andrews at tight end for the Ravens is great for them. They got a they got a good wide receiving core too. Sterling Shepard, Evan Ingram, Darius Slayton for the pay, uh, for the Giants, I should say. The rushing game for the Giants hasn't been the same since Saquon's out, but Wayne Gollum has tried his best to fill that hole. He's done pretty good. Uh, but I don't see the Giants winning this game. I think the Ravens are going to win by probably three touchdowns. Three touchdowns. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I think the Ravens will win this game also, K-Dog. The Giants had a nice run. They had a nice run. You know, won, what, five in a row at some point. I thought they needed to win last week against the Browns, but they couldn't muster up any offense. You know, we and we already reviewed that game. But you know, the Giants are still in the hunt because the NFC East is so bad, um, and you know they need to rebound against the Ravens this week if they want to stay in it. Um, for the you know, this is a must-win for both these teams. Daniel Jones is expected to return this week, but, you know, like you said, I don't think it matters. Um, you know, after struggling for a couple of weeks, I think the Ravens are back on track with Lamar Jackson and the offense. The Ravens come into the week off a big win over the Jags, 40-14. to 14. They beat the Browns the prior week, which I think really was like the turning point in their season. Um, if they couldn't win that game... Uh, I think that would have sent them in a downward spiral. I think the Giants face the same fate as the Jaguars. I don't think the Giants offense can muster up enough points to keep up with the Bravens, Daniel Jones, or, uh, or Colt McCoy. It doesn't matter. Their offense is too inconsistent. They have a pretty good um, receiving core. And uh, as you talked about, Goldman was, you know, has done an admirable job, Yeoman's job, in trying to uh, keep the running game going. But it's just a little, it's just inconsistent. Um, the Giants' offense has struggled the last couple of weeks, and they've lost. The Giants' D is pretty good, but not good enough to keep these good teams off the board enough to win games. I think this holds true against the Ravens. The Ravens win big K-Dog, and they keep their playoff hopes alive. Ravens 28, Giants 10. You know, and the Giants may stay alive also because the NFC least is still wide open. You know, I don't think any anyone wants to win this division. It's up in the air right now. Washington could win the division. I think unless Alex Smith returns, they probably won't win the division, which mm-hmm. leads the, leaves the door open for the 
the not only the Giants, but the Cowboys. Can you imagine the Cowboys come out of this making the playoffs? Yeah, that would be insane. I mean, uh... Really? <laughs> I, so you know, I, I so getting back to this game, I just don't think the Giants have enough. The Ravens need it. Ravens win. 28-10. That's my prediction for the week. All right. So uh, that's the Jets and Giants for you. As we move on to our final topic, which is K Dogs Fantasy Minute. Oh, I love K Dogs Fantasy Minute. I can't wait for this one. And we were in the playoff semifinals, semifinals. and we won. Woo! We won. 147- to 119, moving us into the finals, the championship game. Wow, 147 to 119, moving to the finals for the chip. So you're playing for the chip? Yep, we're playing for the championship. Uh, wow. My performers of the week were DeAndre Hopkins with nine receptions, 169 yards, and a touchdown. Yeah, he was he was good. Darren Waller also had 25.5 points with nine receptions, 150 yards, and a touchdown. Darren Waller, is he the best tight end in football? Might be, yeah. They, Him and Travis Kelsey. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Kelsey's very good. Kelsey's probably better, but they're yeah. top two. Waller's emer- he's emerging, though, as a beast out there. Nobody can cover the guy. Yeah. Uh. So my perf- my loser of the week was Cam Akers against the Jets, oh, of boy. course. I mean, how can you how can you not run? How can you not get yardage and run the ball on the Jets? I mean, yeah, I don't understand. He had six point seven points. Uh, he he had a huge week for you the week before, right? Yeah, yeah. Surprise of the week was Devin Singletary with sixteen points. Wow. And uh, yep, so. We move on to the championship game. We'll try and win it. See what happens in that one. But well, at least you're not the Minnesota Twins. You know, get win the division and then lose in the first round every season. So yeah, you know, you did you did better in in your uh, fantasy football than you did in your fantasy baseball, losing the first round of the playoffs. Yeah, so we'll see what happens next week. But that's it from the seller today. And here's hoping our teams get out of the cellars. Hey.